Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only, Mr. Daniel Shrewsbury Jr. Josh is away this week on personal business. We hope to get him back in the near future. And we'd also like to wish him an apology as to the uh, no episode last week. We tried for the better part of an hour and a half to get to get going, and it just, for various reasons, it just was not able to go, so we, we again apologize for the inconvenience, uh, but some things are just out of your control. Some things just can't, can't happen. So with that, Darren, you got a mini-buy last week. <laughs> a mini-buy. How'd you spend it after you got off the phone with me trying to diagnose what was going on? What did I do? Um, I went and took a shower. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate your honesty, but some things I don't really know. <laughs> Note to all, I'm a clean person. <laughs> well, I should hope so. I've, I've seen where you work. You better be a clean person. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Speaking of things we need to know. We need to know, and I'm th- so glad we got to know this, the Patriots are done reportedly, pursuing Lamar Jackson as if that was ever a real possibility. Mm-hmm. So I will ask you this. What do you think about the fact that, A, the Patriots got linked with Lamar Jackson so heavily, and B, that reportedly that reportedly they are out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes as if that's something one should actually be want to in, be in? Uh, first off, I, I feel like majority of it was based on the fact, the, the actual fact, that Meek Mill, the the rapper from Philadelphia, I think it was. Um, still can't figure out why he's tied to the Patriots organization whatsoever, but he uh, had actually t- contacted Robert Kraft about uh, Lamar Jackson. And Kraft, I think, is the one that confirmed that. Um, and naturally, that makes everyone go crazy. Whatever whatever person can jump on that first and can and ride that train. Uh, they, they did. And so many others followed. Uh, and then it just became a, a, a crazy, a crazy, a, a crazy media storm for the next few days after that. Um, with that being said, it doesn't surprise me that the Patriots had, have apparently been confirmed to have no interest because of how ridiculously expensive he is. Uh, I mean, think about it. You've got a, a quarterback going on his, on his third year of his contract. He's going to have a cap hit of like $4 million, something like that. And you just brought a bunch of weapons in and brought in an actual offensive coordinator. And you've got a backup who, who has shown that he can fill the role should he need to and will also be under the helm of a competent offense coordinator and have a bunch of weapons on his rookie contract, which is like $600,000 or something. Yeah. So you have that combined number, which is, which, you know, hitting, let's just say a flat $5 million cap between the two of them. Let's just, let's just uh, assume it's not much higher than that. If it is, Um, uh, uh, compare that to, a $32, $34 million cap hit should you bring Lamar Jackson in, plus everything else you probably have to, to give him. Um, 
I think I think the numbers will get there um, in, in, in favor of not going after him. Um, to, uh, not to include all the other bullcrap that has gone on. And also not to forget that if they offer that, Baltimore has the right to match it. So going at, like that's that's one of the biggest arguments I've seen for why no one's going after him because Baltimore can match it right off the bat. And if they don't, you and if you owe them two draft picks for signing Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What do you value more? First round draft picks or Lamar Jackson? The answer is first round draft picks. That's the only correct answer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's a quarterback that has one playoff win and had an MVP three years, four years ago. I forget the 2019. Is it 2019? That sounds um, right. And has 18, and is now battling injury problems that doesn't scream first round anything to me um especially not to an organization as stingy as the new england patriots i mean this is the organization that shipped ready moss out of town for you yapping about his contract mm-hmm. and mike jackson is not randy moss yeah even an older randy moss was still really really good i mean he broke the season single season touchdown record with tom brady mm-hmm. and still owns it right yeah I, I do think. believe because it was what, so. 25 or something. He had like half of Brady's touchdowns that year. Yeah. So it's like, and Brady had 50 touchdowns and eight picks that year mm-hmm. in 07. So yeah, I mean, but still it's like it, it, Lamar Jackson is not to quarterbacks what Randy Moss is to receivers in any way, shape, form or fashion. Mm-hmm. You don't, if you, if you're going to run Randy out of town, for yeah, about his contract, you're not going to give, uh, Lamar Jackson, that kind of money, especially guaranteed money. Yeah. You're not going to go on the hook for two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Like, I'm sorry, no. And, it, and look, I don't like holding injuries against people because it's it's a natural thing. Me, Tom Brady even got injured, right? But yeah. at, at a certain point, you have to look at it and go, if I, the, the most important available, the most important ability is availability in the NFL. If I can't count on you to be available to play the game, why am I paying you that kind of money? I, I yeah. shouldn't be. And then on top of that, like you and I were talking about that this the other day, it, good luck finding a quarterback like him in free agency and or the draft to be his backup. And with him, your backup had better be good. Because you're going to need it. Yep. They lucked out. I won't say lucked out. They found a, a backup very similar to Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. And look how well it worked out. Even Brian Hoyer could run the offense. A little bit less mobile, but he could run the same basic offense as Mac Jones. If he had. Having all quarterbacks playing, being able to run the offense, having a little bit of a wrinkle is okay, fine, but you need to have the same mold. They have that. There's no reason to try to go blow that up to get Lamar. There's no reason for it. There's none. Mm-hmm. And, and let's just let's just think about the last time New England had a running a quarterback who's who's who was basically known for his running ability 
and was just basically coming off of an injury himself. Let's let's just point back to that season and see what what happened. That offense was anemic, and the defense couldn't save them. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson is a more capable passer than Cam Newton, but the point still stands in that if you have to rely on your on his legs, you're not going to be able to do it. Simple as that. I mean, I really, I just, I don't, to answer your question about Meek Mill, apparently Kraft paid his bail money. He was in jail, I think. Mm-hmm. I do and, remember him being in jail. Oh, yeah. And Kraft paid his bail, and ever since then they've worked on like criminal justice reform together. Hmm. So, something to do with the criminal justice system. Yeah. So that's the title of the Patriots organization for Meek Mill. He's friends with the he's friends with the owner. But I lost my train of thought now. Uh, Dang it! Um, Oh, okay, I got it back. Let's 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 kind of we'll circle back here. to, to something you had already brought up, that, the, that Baltimore has the option to match this a, an offer sheet should it come in from any team. And my question for you is, what happens to Lamar Jackson? What does your gut say? I, I feel like no one no one picks him up and he's stuck on on, on the roster for another... Oh, no. He's technically... This is his free agent year, or is this technically his? He's he's been tagged, yeah. so it's a your yeah. free agents, and then you go into it. They can yeah. t- they can tag you twice before you have to the open market. So gotcha. he's a free agent right now, but the Ravens basically have that exclusive. Like if he signs the franchise tag, if he signs it, if no one picks him up, he he goes back to Baltimore. Yeah. Like, Whereas if he doesn't sign it, no one gives him up. He's just sitting there like, okay, I'm here. Make me an offer to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's either he realizes no one else wants him for what he's asking for and takes the franchise tag and then we repeat this situation next year, or he's just not on a roster. You really um, think anyone's going to bite? I, I have no reason to believe anyone's going to bite. If, if anyone was going to bite, we'd seen reports of it by now that someone was attempting to. But every time you see something about it, they're like, ah, yeah, no, one's, no one cares. <laughs> it's basically all I've seen. And with the way point. he's handling it, why, why he, with the way he's personally handling it, why why would you? If you've turned down a reported $133 million in guaranteed money, and then you come out and put the toad that was this season, granted you were also injured, but that hurt your value, why the hell do you think anyone's going to offer you more than that? But you've got to come down. Even mm-hmm. if you're coming down to like 125 million, that's still like you've come down a little bit. You've shown me you're yeah. willing to work. Mm-hmm. I don't. 
he's looking. You know what he's looking for. Let's just be honest. He's looking to be Deshaun Watson part two, as in Deshaun got all his money guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, the Browns reworked that, but he's looking at it and going like, "I'm better than yeah. Deshaun Watson. I haven't been in legal trouble. Give me the money." Mm-hmm. And well, which is a yes, very low bar to set. Yes, it's there. It's there nonetheless. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I'm with you. I don't think anyone bites because of a report that I saw that basically said the NFL owners have kind of taken it upon themselves to basically say no one bite. No, no one. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. no. We're not doing this because it's not that they're discriminating against Lamar Jackson, but they know if he gets banked and he gets paid like he wants, it's going to inflate the quarterback market to where Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and all the other young quarterbacks are going to go, uh, hey, Let's yeah. have a conversation. And and th- both of those quarterbacks combined have already had more success than Lamar Jackson. Simply, comparatively. Simply, simply by making it to the to their conference championship game, yeah, had more success it's than like, Lamar Jackson. It's like, was. so you're literally begging for the for the next quarterback to be earning three quarters of a billion dollars on the next contract, um, because why not? Fifteen in Kansas City is earning that kind of money, and he's doing all right. Yeah, and and I'll I'll just keep pointing it. The only person that's going to make that work is Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes. No one else all, is going to be able to sink that much money into a quarterback and make it work. I would argue Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow can make it work. I'm sure they have the potential. You but Mr. Scientist over here needs hard data, <laughs> but. They, I mean, they're, they're making, they're surely making a case. I mean, put, put a ring on Burrow's finger, and then we'll probably, we'll probably see it. <laughs> the only thing, though, is that once you start paying one guy, you got to pay everyone else, and that's yeah. a problem. And it's just the, the, the struggle is always keeping people after the appearance. I mean, my, my. My dad doesn't follow the league nearly as close as he used to, but he kept he kept going on about Los Angeles not, uh, sucking uh, after their victory. I'm like, because he was like, oh, everyone signed off, and I was like, no, they actually managed to maintain just about every one of importance, um, and and they're sucking. So then they all got injured. Yeah, and and I was I was like, so I mean, but in the general in general, that is the practice. Oh, that. It, People weren't paid after the Super Bowl appearance, and they're all gone, and then we never hear nothing from them anymore. And um, that's why it's important, people, to have depth in your organization. Yeah. You can't just be the top 15 guys. It's got to be all 50, 53. Mm-hmm. If you've got a deep roster and you've got guys that can step up and play, that's that's what you need because it's a war of attrition in the NFL over the course of a 17-game season. You must have that if you want to succeed. If you have yep. Joe off the street – Unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, you are going to suck. Mm-hmm. Now, one more thing before we uh, before we wrap up Lamar Jackson. I was going. I actually, this room, my train of thought that I lost was going. Did it feel like to you that people were trying to speak Lamar Jackson, the Patriots, into existence? Because that's what it felt like to me. Like, yeah, they, like they wanted it so bad, they were just like, "Come on." That, that's, no that's, one would that's, shut yeah. up about it. it not, not a single thing would shut up about it after that 
that confirmation of a text to Robert Kraft came out. Pat McAfee wouldn't shut up about it. Ninkovich wouldn't shut up about it. DMAC even chimed in on it. No one shut up about it. And then this morning, I see Pat McAfee basically saying that, or someone on Pat McAfee's show saying, yeah, New England has, wants nothing to do with it. And then a couple other tweets. Uh, well, it's probably Florio came on there and said it. Mm-hmm. Probably. Florio was on today. So, um, and it, it lines up. Why Anyone who understands the Patriots organization should understand that they're not going to pay anyone that amount of money. And they're not going to give up that much to get him. The and the the off season off season spending sprees of a couple of years ago, or effectively once in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean that was what once in twenty years. It, that was what they it was spent, only because you lost Brady, you had to pick up the pieces from scratch. Yeah, they spent what like two hundred fifty million dollars. They, they spent every piece of cap they had. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Patriots offseason spending, let's go in a little little bit about what they've done so far this offseason. We've got Juju Smith-Schuster coming in as Mm -hmm. the wide receiver, James Robinson coming in as a running back, and not necessarily an addition, but a moving. Jalen Mills was released. He was brought back on a one-year deal, and he's moving apparently to safety. Mm -hmm. So those are the three biggest things I can think of. Oh, yeah, Mike Kosicki at tight end. Yes, yes. Those are the exactly. biggest things I can think of off the top of my head. If I missed any, please feel free to interject. But uh, they, they picked up a Pano from Denver, so at least they made an attempt to fill that slot. I will never forget how this he did Darren did not like the replacement punter they got in for last year. As it couldn't boot over 40 yards, so said Darren. And he was almost right. <laughs> it seemed like every king was a 40 yard punt, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh so Darren, in the, in the infinite wisdom that is he, didn't learn this guy's name. It nope, was simply Mr. Replacement, Punter's, Mr. Replacement Punter Man. That's what the guy was to him. I still have no idea what his name is, and I don't care to, <laughs> to memorize it. Um, I mean, he was absolutely worthless. You knew if, it, if they had to punt, it was not going to be a game-changing punt. In fact, it was going to be game-changing for the other team. <laughs> yeah. So I will ask you about the offseason moves that I mentioned. What you think is the biggest deal? And what's your overall feeling about the 2023 Patriots offseason work as of yet before the draft, mind you? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Gasek, a big grab. It, I mean, especially right after you, you let the Smith get away. Uh, well, literally, you trade him away. I was so, going to say, they, they wouldn't um, be traded. I mean, you you literally got rid of him. Um, Damian Harris, we both knew he wasn't coming back. We knew because that's just how New England works with running backs. Um, we knew he wasn't coming back. It, as soon as I knew, there wasn't even going to be a contract talking in the works. They were just going to be like, all right, yeah, we're going to pick somebody else up. But see you later. Um so they, they grab somebody else to fill the role, fill the role, and they will almost certainly pick someone up, some mid-round running back up uh, as well, because, again, they always do. Some mid-round running back and a mid-round corner. Yeah. Um, they it. made a move at offensive line uh, from, what was it, Chicago in Reef? Yes. 
Um, I don't know much about him, but again, depth is depth. Um, Smith Schuster will, f- it, it, it's wonderful, wonderful grab. Uh, and I think it will complement the receiving core that we have wonderfully. However, Jacoby I'm Myers still, out the door. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. Now, what really hit was that Smith Schuster reportedly got the same contract that Myers got going to uh, Las Vegas. Yes. Um, and the New York that, Patriots West. That just kind of makes you wonder or makes you immediately think, yeah, they just didn't want to bring him back anyway. I don't know why, but I have a I have a theory. All right. Jacoby was more of a slot guy. And I mm-hmm. think they think they have that covered. But who I don't know. But yeah, I feel like I, they have the they think they have the slot they, covered and they needed a deep threat. Juju can go deep. Mm-hmm. Spread the I mean, offense out more. They got Porco who can fight for the ball. Schuster can 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 shake a man. Um, we, we see really what Tyquan Thornton does because you know he's gonna be lined up a bit more. Um, then they had the corner who played running back a little bit at the end of last year. I forget his name. Uh, Don, Jones. Jones. Ma- yes. Ma- uh, Marcus Ma- Jones. Mar- Marcus Jones. Yes. Yeah. Somebody I, Jones. I, it it it's yeah. <laughs> this T. We led the league in Gronkowski's like in 2013. We're going to lead. We got to lead the league in Joneses, don't we? Matt, <laughs> Jonathan, <sure>. Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, then they also let Nelson Aguilar get away. Uh, they traded him away. No, did they trade him or was he on free no, agency? Was, uh, he was a free agent. They. He, I'm just glad we didn't end up seeing Kendrick Bourne <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in, some, in some fashion. Because, I mean, Aguilar was useful too. Um, but I, th- I guess, you know, Bourne and – I mean, think about it. You got Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith, and Devon. <laughs> like, is that's it go- a is it gonna Is it going to make fantasy fa- players go crazy? No. But mm-hmm. it, it's They're a good gonna receiver. They're going to be reliable. Yeah. I mean, I never bet on a Patriots receiver in fantasy anyway, but no. never – I'd <laughs> never pick one up. The only, t- the only person I would ever pick up, the only two I would ever pick up, Gronkowski. Or actually, I picked up Hunter Henry uh, a year or two, either two years ago or last year. I can't remember. No, I didn't pick him up last year. So it was two years ago. Or Gostowski. And obviously, none of those came up. So then, or would try to pick Nick Folk. Um, I I always got Brady and Edelman. mm -hmm. And that was usually, that usually worked out pretty well for me. Yeah. So it was, it's the, they will be the workhorses. They will be reliable. And that's the thing. You know, every one of these guys are reliable. Parker, you throw it his way. He will run a guy over to get that ball. He is, he, he's, he's absolutely physical. Every time he caught that ball, I was like, yep, that's what we got this guy for. That's why they signed him. Because they didn't have anybody who could do that for quite a while. And you've got, like you said, the other guys, Juju. I, I, I love the Juju signing, not necessarily just for, for, this, for his football ability, but he might be the nicest person in the NFL. And I love the locker room presence and, the, and what he's going to bring to this locker room. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. I really do. 
and and the the, the I, I know I know how you are. You don't get out to miss it because you want to preserve what little that you want to preserve your mental health. I'm not being disappointed when it comes to when it when it shit hits the fan. I get it. But I feel really good about the 2023 Patriots offense. The defense, I, I we'll see who fills what roles. Mm-hmm. But you've got a, a an offensive line that presumably will get better. Mac Jones under a competent offensive coordinator. A good running back core. I really like the James Robinson signing. Then you've got a receiving core that I don't know what the solution is in the slot. I really don't. That might be a draft thing. But based on what you've got on the outside, and then you throw in Kendrick Bourne in there too, and Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton may end up being your your little Edelman spark plug. Mm-hmm. He's fast as he's fast as hell. So if you get it to him and you've got find him open space, he'll go. But then again. Having that deep one on the field, I, it's, I like where the offense is going, but I also feel like this isn't this ain't going to be your your grand your your brother's Patriots offense. <laughs> no, we're done with that dink and dunk stuff. We're going down the field, mm-hmm. and, and I'm here for it. And the, the big thing that 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 Juju Smith Schuster also adds is that he once he got the ball once he has the ball in his hands. He makes moves like he his yards after the catch I think was top five in the year in in the in the league last year. So if he's got the ball in his hands, he's getting he's getting some yards afterwards. He's probably not getting taken down immediately. And that's yards, what you need. You, you need even if you can dink it to him, he's gonna make moves to 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 extend the play. And right. that's what it- they've really needed. If you've got a second and eight and you get it to him at, at five yards deep, he'll get the extra three yards. And he'll give you a first down. Mm-hmm. And and also, again, he's the, the there's a special there's a special file that comes out of 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 um just those types of players. I mean Edelman again was a perfect Example, always reliable. When he got open, he would he would let he would sacrifice his entire body to make the play, and that was evident in in his injuries. But he made the play, and he he didn't he didn't let a single person believe that he wasn't going to make that make the play. It was, and you need those types of guys in the locker room. You absolutely need that. It was simply that's my ball and that's my first down. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. I mean, it really is. So let's switch gears here to the defense. Dante Hightower hadn't been on the field in a while. Mm-hmm. So not as big a loss, but he did officially retire. Devin recording. That's the biggest question mark on this team for me is who steps up, not just on the field, but in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about DMAC leave about DMAC retiring? You can throw in Hightower in there too if you want. And where do you expect the leadership from this team to come from now? I mean, Hightower will certainly be a Patriots Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, I mean, the he made 
the biggest plays at the biggest moments. Um, he just he knew how to win, what needed to be done to win, and he knew how to get guys on the defense to make the plays to win. Saving um, Rosen right down there. It was, it, you know, he 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 had succeeded in literally everything. Um, you know, he sat out the first year uh, of, of COVID that se- the COVID season, and then they. He was on the last year of his contract, and then just nothing happened. He was just in limbo as a free agent. For I think this year was the only like that first year that like he was just in limbo. So, I mean that one. I was sad to not see him be brought back in any capacity, but um, it kind of fit our stance at the point where we both understood that the defense needed to get younger, and he just happened to be a casualty of it. Um, but I mean, there were two Super Bowls without him. They might not have won them. No, they definitely would not have won them. Um, you don't stop more Sean at the, at the two yard line or one and a half yard line in 49. That game's over. You don't strip sack Matt Ryan. That game's certainly over. Um, you don't, you don't get the chance at the Edelman play, uh, bye, goodbye. And then James White the, in overtime. Yep. You just like, don't. You, you don't get the opportunity to win that game without Hightower stepping up when needed. Um, that's simple as that. Two, those two wings are effectively hit. He set up those wings. He set up the chance to 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 take those wings. Um, and it was all downhill for the opposing team from there. <laughs> uh-huh, really? <laughs> for, and then for like five seconds, I belonged to yep. the knee down <laughs> um, against the Seahawks. So, without a doubt, Patriots Hall of Famer. Uh, and obviously, D-Mac, for sure. Um, I think at the time of him leaving, he had played the most games uh, like on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. Uh, I think uh, he also the, has, has the most in Patriots history. Yeah, he has the most in Patriots history. Um, he was the, at one point in the season, if not towards, as he ended the season, the league's active leader in 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 interceptions. Um, I think where well, he ended with 38 in uh, 13 years. Uh, not bad. No, no. So it's a little over two per year. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he won three Super Bowls, got to go out and win a Super Bowl with his twin brother. Uh, literally no one else gets to say that. Um, that was the most fun I think I've ever had. And then, I mean, granted, you and I both appreciated the defensive style game, but like that mm-hmm. whole season, knowing that it was the McCordy twins getting to play with each other, I'm like, I felt, I felt good just for that alone. Yeah, the team was good. We knew that. Uh, the offense was starting to show its age, but it was still pretty good. The defense was just the best we've ever seen, or one of them. And then it's like, oh yeah, these two are like having the time of their lives. Mom mm-hmm. McCordy's over here loving it. It's like good vibes all around, right? Yeah, and and it was J Mac that uh, that saved that touchdown, right? That, that won the game. Of, yeah, he he came out of position. Out of nowhere. And just 
blindsided that guy. Had no that was Brandon Cooks too, wasn't it? That, I think that was Yes, I think open. so. Wide open back of the wide open back of the end zone. J Mac comes in like a 30-yard full sprint to knock mm-hmm. that ball out. I mean, that's it's just those guys are something else. <laughs> um, I don't know what Mama McCordy fed him. Yeah, they they got uh, you know. <laughs> what what is that Ovaltine? That Ovaltine yeah. that kept, yeah. yeah. He, he gave them yeah. the, the Ovaltine and the the Wheaties. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> the champions, man. Yeah, the champions. Three uh, times that, over. He just the the, the absolute leadership. Um, it was unmatched. It, him and, and Slate, you, you're not going to find any better leaders on that field. No. Um, and the fact that we get Slate for at least one more year just makes me happy. Um, this has got to be him, right? Oh, I mean, I, I, I have to imagine. I mean, I think it was literally a one year signing, right? No, no, or he right. Just... Yeah, I think it is a one year. It is the farewell tour. Yeah. And. I, I had I have the inkling that he knew D Mac was gonna retire and he was like, listen, we gotta I gotta I gotta keep these guys' spirits up for I gotta I gotta train the next me, you know? Right. Like, someone's like, gotta take over the 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 oh, yes. Right. And here's the thing, like we can't like and that's a good point. We both think Matthew Judon is is the next guy in line to do this. Mm-hmm. But to have Slate there for another year to go, hey, all right, this under my wing you go, son. Let's go. Yep. And Matt Judon is a professional athlete who has been there for many years. He's not in a position that, like, only Matthew Slater can go, okay, son, let's go. Yep. He's earned that right to anyone <clears throat> in that locker room. He's got to be the longest tenure Patriot now, doesn't he? Yeah, Slater uh, is the longest tenured now, yep. 12, 32, and now 18. <clears throat> yep. Uh, it's 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 not gonna be the same out there. But no, it isn't. Someone will step up, and we'll know who it is. About Thanksgiving, maybe earlier, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully this team is competitive before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Going into Thanksgiving, it'd be great. Uh, anyway, so other NFL <clears throat> news from around the week this week. Uh. The commanders might actually get sold. And I say that because there are now two t- uh, uh, groups that have launched bids for this. And the Snyders have begun or have been in the process of cleaning out their stuff in the facility. Hmm. You don't clean your shit out if you intend to stay. Yeah. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how great is it that the commanders are going to be sold? Uh, uh, apparently, no, nothing official yet, but I'm going to uh, go ahead and say they're going to be so. Uh, 15. And for my friend who is an active Commanders fan, 20. He's about that time of his life, isn't he? Oh, man. He, oof. He's about as loyal as they come. But my we, goodness. We need to get him on the show when that happens and just be like, hey, dude. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the NFL optimism land. <laughs> the the sad thing is is that the 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 shit bag who stands to gain from it is gonna be up six billion dollars or or more. Um, so I'm not so happy about that. But you know what? <laughs> we take with the, we take the small wins where we can get them. 
They're used to small wins, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not happy that Snyder gets to collect six of pain on the way out. But this is the NFL. And that team is worth a lot. Here's a better question. You buy the Commanders. What's the first thing you do? Uh, you're building a. You're setting up the space to build a brand new stadium. That's what you're doing. Um, that it's simple as that. You have the you have the money to spend six billion dollars collect whoever however whoever ends up buying it. You know the collective group or individual or whatever. Uh, you have you have the money to allocate to to set up a brand new stadium. Um, Don't you know they're going to charge the taxpayers of wherever they put that stadium to build it? Unfortunately. I mean, I get it. I get some of the arguments that I've seen. It's it's uh, Such but, as? Uh, it was effectively, <laughs> it's, I, I swear I know what – it's been so long since I looked at them. But th- there's effectively a benefit to the community argument in some way, shape, or form. Um You'll have to revisit that once I've looked at them again. What other, um, like, but you have a stadium that's not crumbling. You have the economy yeah. surrounding surrounding said mm-hmm. stadium. What more benefits do you need? I have no idea, man. Um, you, you can use them for your state high school championship or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that is way, true, but, but but either way, it's it still comes down for me. Like, I don't, I still never will agree that taxpayers should be funding a, pri- a non-profit organization's um, billion-dollar stadiums. Uh, if you got the money to own this, this the franchise, you got the money to pay it all out of pocket or get a freaking loan to do so. That's simple as that. Uh, that's that's. I shouldn't be paying for that. I've technically I'll... already paid for it if I'm supporting the organization, you know, so I shouldn't have to pay for it again. Yes, I'll point you in another direction. Speaking of scenes building stadiums, Everton FC, my favorite soccer team, currently building a stadium on Liverpool's waterfront. Not a single resident of Liverpool, as far as I understand, is paying for that stadium. It's all coming from a club's owner, but it's coming from sponsorships to pay for the stadium. Mm-hmm. Now, I should also clarify that, if at least add a little bit of a uh, asterisk to that. Everton are under investigation for violating Premier League financial rules. So maybe not the a model we should be looking at here. <laughs> uh, sad times, sad times. I, I, I told you when this happened, and I, I will say it again. It would be so Everton, when we survive on league merit, and then we get relegated because we violated financial rules. Like, we did the work. And now you're throwing us out of the league. Mm-hmm. It probably won't be that. We'll probably get a massive <clears throat> fine or a points deduction. But still, it's like the threat of automatic relegation is not entirely gone. Yeah. City, Manchester City could be in that situation because they have like five years worth of, of uh, alleged infractions. And the only reason Everton aren't in the same bag City are in uh, UEFA, actually, the governing body of European soccer, tried to go after City with the same allegations as the Premier League did over the same time period. City won that appeal, so they dropped it. The only reason UEFA haven't gone after Everton is because Everton haven't qualified for UEFA competition in like five years. Mm-hmm. 
Everton were last in the European competition in 2017. So that's not UEFA's problem. If UEFA had, uh, if we'd been in Europe the last like three years, we would be under scrutiny from them too. The, the, the club is in, this is a broken club to the core. <laughs> yeah. This is a broken, rotten, falling apart club. One of the proudest in the game. Founders of the football league. I'm not going to go on a tangent because that's not where we're at right now, but it's just, it's not, it's not good. And I hate seeing it. And and, and part of me is like, look, City do this and they win the league. We do it and we barely survive. We finished 18th and we clinched our safety with one game to go in the Premier League and you'd have thought we'd won the damn league. We celebrated so hard. Like, they do it and they have all this kind of success. We do it and we still suck. Explain that. I think in the time Pep Guardiola has been at Manchester, we've had like four or five different managers. That's pathetic. Yes, something feels like it, if not actually. I'll have to look that up later because I'm kind of curious what the actual number is. It's at least three. It's at least three, if not four, maybe <clears> more. <throat> Let's get back to what we're talking about here. Let's uh, speaking of big stadiums, uh, the final fours are this weekend, Darren. Did you oh, know that? Man. Yes. Good. So, the men's final... I'll give you the men's final four, and I'll give you the women's final four here. The men's final four in Houston, Space City, FAU, Miami, Florida. The women's final four, South Carolina versus Iowa, LSU, Virginia Tech. Of those two... uh, We're excited for the men's and women's final four. Um, oh, consider I know next to nothing about uh, um, women's, and I know just a little bit more than that about men's. <laughs> but I mean, uh, the one thing I do know is South Carolina is undefeated in women's. Right? I told you that like five minutes before we yes. So I would hope I remembered that. <laughs> yes. uh, so that's that's crazy. That's like, wait. But then I think about it and go, wait a minute. Uh, UConn what women did that like, I don't know. T- for 27,000 years in a row or something. Uh, <laughs> so I, I want to say it's impressive, but then it's like, it almost feels like commonplace now, uh, as crazy as it is. But no, it's impressive. I mean, it's always impressive when a team goes undefeated, especially to do so and keep going to the final four. Um, and so that's cool. Um, the, but what are the seeds? What, what are the seeds for for the women's? Like how high uh, do you see them? Obviously, South Carolina has got to be overall number one. Uh Okay, so South Carolina is a one seed. Oh, wait. Hold on. Iowa's a two seed. LSU is a three, and Virginia Tech's a one. Hmm. So we've got two ones, a two, and a three. And then in the men's, you have nothing nothing uh, higher than a four, uh, which is crazy. I mean, yes, a four, number... four against a five, and a five against a nine. Yes, number nine seed FAU, number five seed San Diego State, and one against number five San Miami Florida. It's crazy. And what was it? The Elite Eight was the first Elite Eight in how long that didn't have a number one seed at all? 1979. Hmm. But right. actually, yes, ever. That's when I first started really like counting. Yeah. Yes. But yes, first time ever, no, <clears throat> no one seed in the Elite Eight. Yeah. It's. 
that's just wild. I mean, just big, just, just wow. Chaos. Uh, absolutely. And for the sake of containing the chaos, I hope FAU takes it all the way. <laughs> Could you imagine a nine this, a nine seed playing in a gym with like 4,500 people have their home gym mm-hmm. and they would win the national champ. I, that would be unbelievable. Yep. I'd say where Conference USA would love it. Like, hey, what? Oh, wait, are they? What conference are they? Are they still Conference USA? Did they move? Uh, I don't know, but I will click. Oh, they were 35 and 3 on the season. Wow. Uh, let me click that and see what's up. Yep, CUSA. Uh, conference USA would be like, so what? We lost Marshall and Sunbelt. So what? We lost half our conference. Come here. Let's go. <laughs> it's like we got a natty, boys. <laughs> Confidence USA would go to every. Like, hey, listen, we got the defending champion here. You want to talk numbers? Let's show me the money. Because mm-hmm. you, hey, no disrespect to Confidence USA, but like FAU's games were on like CBS Sports Network or something like that. Can you imagine? Could you imagine the national champion? Not being on ESPN, mm-hmm. that'd be like, where do I find this national champion team? CBS Sports Network. What? You can't be kidding. No, I mean it. That would be just wild. Yep. Okay, so I, 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 I broke, <laughs> I broke into you a little bit. <laughs> um. I mean, simply because of the chaos, I mean, the men's. Um, but I'm also, I would also be at least slightly invested in uh, cheering for the downfall of an undefeated team that I have no stake in, uh, in, in the women's. Uh, because I, again, I live for the chaos in these brackets. I, I will, I'm planning on, barring any, any unforeseen thing that I have to do, Watching the women's game, the South Carolina Iowa game, because I want to see South Carolina in person, so to speak. <clears throat> and then Caitlin Clark for Iowa is like the best player in the country. She dropped forty and a triple double in the Elite Eight. You, that that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So for me, I want to see that. And then LSU Virginia Tech, okay. It, it, LSU used to be good, now they weren't. Virginia Tech is just, they're a one seed. Okay, but I'm not supposed to rip that. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't, in good faith, I can't, in good faith, say go Hokies and mean it. Yep. And, well, I, actually, that's not true. I knew a guy who played rugby for Virginia Tech, and I did root for Virginia Tech because, uh, but only in that instance. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's the only reason I would do that. But, on the men, so I would say the women's side for me, just because I think there's a lot more intrigue there. But because the chaos has already happened in the women, in the men's bracket, right? Whereas if South Carolina loses, there's your chaos in the women's bracket. It's like, oh shit, the number one seed lost. Team that hadn't lost all year, lost. Mm-hmm. So the men's final were already like, oh wait. Okay, I'm going to do this kind of champion. Okay. And? At this now, point, it's just, uh, 
how historic is this championship now? Pretty much. Like, how historic is the champion? How much history did you just <laughs> just up- right. upheave? Does UConn, the last three times that UConn has made a the, – the uh, Final Four has been in Texas, UConn's won the whole damn thing. Huh. That's a fun piece of – San, San Diego State is the only team from the preseason preseason top 25 to make it in the Final Four. They are the first Mountain West school to ever make it to the Final Four. First Mountain West school ever in the Elite Eight. First Final Four and Elite Eight in school history. Miami is coached by Jim Laranega, who is a second team in the Final Four. The other team we took in the Final Four, Six and oh, who did they face along the way? Who did they face in uh, in that Yukon? <laughs> so, in the school that's like 35 and 2 in Conference USA, made it to the elite, made it to the final four there, but I'm still gonna go with the, with the ladies. That's fair. Give me your na- uh, give me your natty pick. Who wins the whole thing? Not that you know anything about this. I just want to put you <laughs> on the spot. Uh, I I'm you know I'm still gonna go with FAU. Why? Just just for pure chaos. Just if I'm them, I want to cause as much chaos, and that's that's causing chaos. A nine seed winning the natty. That the head coach of Kansas State went into the FAU locker room and basically congratulated them and said. No one can beat y'all. The way the way you play with togetherness and the energy you play with, no one can beat you. Mm-hmm. If he's right for two more games, mm. yep. Here's the one thing I will say about uh, that has been the most depressing about this this whole that has been the actual depressing thing about the um, uh, about the bracket this year. Uh, we ain't see we ain't we didn't get to see any sister Jean. That exactly, and I hate this bitch. She's not getting any younger. Yeah. So every year you don't get her is that never fun. Yeah. It's like you know she, she just lights up the tournament, man. It's a whole different vibe when when Loyola's in it. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's for no sister Jean. Yeah. I thought of, and I and she will be missed uh, when she goes. Hopefully not for a very long time. But she has over 100, so let's, let's face facts. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're moving on because I'm not going to get caught up there. <laughs> what did you learn this week? What did I learn? Um, let's see. What did I learn? I'm trying to think of what, what was noteworthy. Hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure. I, I can't think of anything that that stuck out uh, this week. I'm going to tell pitiful how uh, not pitiful. What's the word? I'm... Petty. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a spring training umpire can be. Ah. 
And here's why. I learned this from PTI last night. This happened on Monday. Oh, let's see. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Monday. Phillies, uh, the Phillies were playing someone. I don't even remember who anymore. It wasn't the Braves. Uh, in spring training. And Craig Kimbrell, the pitcher for the Phillies, was tagged for a pitch clock violation, mm-hmm. which is an automatic ball. Not thrilled about. It. So they didn't didn't like it. Started telling the umpire some things, and so the umpire goes and and throws him a new base. He throw and Kimbrel threw the baseball he had in his hand away. So the umpire gave him a new <clears throat> baseball. He threw it out to him. Well, Kimball threw that away. He didn't like it. He was showing up the umpires what he was doing. He was showing up the umpire. And uh, so JT Riomuto, the Phillies catcher, put his glove up underneath the uh, umpire, which is the universal sign for give me the ball. And I'll throw it back to my pitcher. At this at the same at the time the umpire is going to give him the ball, Muto moves his hand to where it almost looks like he's uh Showing up the umpire from like moving, like, oh, psych, I'm like, like that. Mm-hmm. He should have ejected Craig Kimball for showing him up to begin with, giving the ball to Rio Muto to begin with, and then we would have been fine because we've been like, okay, I'm a new ball from my catcher, and we're good. Instead of the umpire throwing the ball, now it's I don't like what you just did. Screw you. I'm showing you up. Wow. Now, this uh, umpire who did is like, he's only been in 39 major league games. He's a, he's a global triple A umpire. I've gotten limited. 44. <laughs> it's worth to be a Muto has never been thrown out of a major league game before. Wow. Over a thousand games have never been run until an unofficial spring training game. Still officially never been thrown out of a major league game. But he always has that spring training thing on his resume now as if that means anything. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh yeah, I guess technically this could be lumped in even though it it was technically last week, but you know. Um uh at the time and I think it still stands technically, but through the first 16 games of Mountaineer baseball, now they have played 25. um, They had their best start ever of the season since joining the big 12. So that's cool. But now they just beat Marshall. Woohoo. And they are 19 and six and currently ranked 24th. And I'm sure the rankings will change because I think this is like the, at the end, I don't know when the rankings come out. Is it in, Monday? In, end of the week? Or, okay. So they're 24th. They, for the second consecutive week, they held. If they hadn't lost that first game to Hofstra, they probably would have jumped like one. But because they lost to Hofstra and then went on a roll since then, they'll give them out of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they won, the, they won a series against Xavier and then they got Marshall. So, and now they start. In Kansas on on Friday, Kansas State or Kansas? Oh, sorry, Kansas State. They go to they go to the state of Kansas, okay. playing Kansas State, um, and then they play Marshall again in Charleston it, at the Dirty Birds Ballpark. Mm-hmm. So that uh, 
So that's, I mean, 19 and six, that, that's Maisie Ball's back, man. Mm-hmm. Now, amazingly, I, now granted, I, I haven't looked at this in a while, but at one point, they didn't lead the country in steals, and I'm like, excuse me? Hey, excuse me, so. <laughs> I like to order, I demand a recount. <laughs> I asked for steals. Where are my steals? I demand a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we what was it, like five games into the season, they already had a stolen home. <laughs> yeah, no, game one. Oh yeah, game numero- <laughs> oh. Can I go two? Uh, can I go two bonus things I learned this week? Of course. Yay! Number one, they opened. Speaking of, uh, Jaeger Airport got a new airline. I did see Spirit that. Is yeah. out. Breeze is in. I did see. Uh, I didn't see that one was out, but I did see that another was in. Now, here's why that's important. They maintained the Charleston to Orlando route that Spirit had been fought. And they still keep West Virginia Heights in South Carolina, but they don't go to Myrtle Beach. They go to Charleston, South Carolina. So that's important. Charleston, South Carolina is ports of Breeze Airlines, of Breeze Airways. One of the two airports that launched the company, Charleston to Tampa. Mm. So for them to fly, we're going to fly you to one of the most important airports in the company. That says something. And not only that, but they're supposed to add routes, including New York City and the West Coast, over the next twenty-four ah. months. Wonderful. I, I really do believe this. If this works, this could be the <clears throat> beginning of Charleston Yeager International Airport becoming something of what it used to be. Because I have old, like I have timetables from American Airlines, lines on the Pan Am and TWA here. Now T- Pan Am and TWA did not serve Charleston, but there was quite a lot of listings going out of Yeager at one point. Now, not so much. It's, I don't, and I don't know if it was a mainline Delta and mainline American. It probably was the commuter service, but that's what it is now. It's American Eagle, which is like the regional service and the Delta Connection, United Express. It's all regional airlines. But I found out a reason why, or at least one of the reasons why. Runway is too short. Runway is about seven, is about five. The Boeing 737, which is a very popular plane for most domestic routes on mainline, like American, Delta, United, mm-hmm. needs about 6,000 feet of runway to work. To huh. land. So it, they actually do have a – they're exploring the possibility and trying to get grant money to have a runway expansion. If this – with Breeze and they show <clears> that they can do this and they can bring it in, people to do this, Combined with the grant money to upgrade the airport in terms of the amenities and expansion, just maybe you might see a mainline airline. Just maybe. Don't don't quote me. Be surprised if at some point it happens. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. Assuming that these are all mainline Delta and mainline American flights. Again, I don't know. But 
as airplanes require longer and longer runways, like, well, okay, we have to do smaller airplanes in this. We only have smaller runways, smaller airplanes, like our regional stuff. We can't give you the main line American anymore. We just can't. Because let's face it, like, if JFK had an airplane, oh, our runway's too short, they're going to figure out how to make that happen. They're like, okay, we will buy new planes to make this work. We know there's business here. That's not the same. It's not Charleston's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're gonna go runway's too short. Sorry, here's our reasonable. Okay, like that's true. There's a lot of people were debating about what airline was gonna be. Some people said Spruce. people said JetBlue. Some people said Southwest. The Southwest only flies the Boeing seven thirty seven. So just by the fact the runway was too short means Southwest was never coming. Yeah. At least in this announcement. This is a little fun aviation fact for you. <laughs> the second thing I learned this week is that Babcock State Park opened a reopened a trail. Uh road is but it's a trail now. From Babcock down to the New River at Sewell. And it's about five miles in length. And there is on this trail. It was named for Darren. Do you want to guess? Hmm. Oh, I got nothing. Baby dog. Oh, Jesus. Uh huh. You know, you know. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I want to. I, I, Hiker. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm not a hiker. I did it, but I did things. Okay, whatever. The only reason I would do this is to go rail fan at Seoul, which is where the two main lines connect on CSX, number one and number two track. I'll go down there. But even then, I, here's the thing. You go, you got to climb five miles back up to your, to your car. I ain't doing no ten mile for a for a, for a rail fan because considering like I'll go down there and bring a blank I'll be sitting empty rail the whole day I know it I know my luck so I'm not gonna do that but if I was I would walk across Baby Dog uh, Bridge and I'd be tempted to take a picture I would just remind myself how crazy it is. <laughs> So those are my two bonus things I learned this week. And because you learned things, I can tell by your genuine huh about Jaeger's runway link, you learned too. Yeah, I mean, I it makes perfect sense. I just never once thought about different planes needing different length runways. I never, I, I, I didn't either. I really didn't. But <clears throat> yeah, so there's your fun facts for the week. And with that, I show to a close. This has been season three, episode, I think, 32. That are 33 of the Scientific Coaching Podcast. For Darren and Lucas, thank you for listening. As always, Darren, take a... Adios, everybody. <laughs>